Hey, Chrissy here. I am a landscape architect and the owner of Kismet Design. I am a very process-driven designer, and I love sharing what I do and how I do it with anyone who's interested. Reaching your true potential and achieving your own personal goals will not happen by chance. You have to set your intentions, make a plan, and do the work. Thank you for joining me to nerd out on design. Don't forget to subscribe and to share too. Let's create something great together. I have with me today, Paul Blint. Paul is the founder of Structure and Tree Outdoor Lighting. Paul has not only had a vast experience in the lighting industry, but also as a landscape installer many, many years ago, which brings a deeper level of understanding to the needs of his customers. I specify his fixtures in all of my designs for multiple reasons. First, Paul is great, as you will get to know, and I love supporting his business, but mostly because the quality that he provides is fantastic, and his unique business structure allows him to deliver a high-quality product at a really great price, which allows more of my clients to incorporate lighting into their installations, because lighting is the first thing to get cut from scope when budgets are tight. So without further ado, welcome, Paul. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having us. Before we jump into some of the specific lighting questions, um, do you want to start with a little bit about your business and why you started Structure and Tree? Yeah, so um, you kind of touched on it right in your intro there. Um, I had worked for other bigger brands, and the biggest thing I always noticed when helping these other contractors or designers out is that lighting would get cut and there was only one way we could change that and that was skipping the distribution process um bringing the price points down to where it kind of met in the box store price arena and also providing something professional that wasn't going to completely break the bank so that was the the mindset behind of creating structure and tree was to be able to provide professional grade products at slightly above box store prices. Wonderful. I think it works very well and my clients appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Can you, do you want to elaborate a little bit on how your business is structured to be able to provide the the higher quality fixtures at, at that cost? Yeah. I mean, so the one thing people always, uh, you know, kind of go back to is like, you know, seeing something online um, and seeing a cheaper price, they're going to assume that the product isn't built the same standards as what they can get at Ewing or Horizon. And that's completely false. We um, we share a lot of the same factories. You know, yeah, there's Vista and some other companies that uh, do build stuff here in the U.S., which is great. Um, but a lot of my competitors make their products overseas as well. And we share a lot of the same factories. Now, some of the things that we do might be a little bit different. We might have our own little proprietary um, gadgets to it, um, but the thickness, the gauge, the process is all the same. Um, so they're really not getting anything different. And that was uh, something that we really wanted to pinpoint on is that you're going to get quality uh, with our products and um the way we're able to keep the price point down is by skipping that distribution process. So automatically um, our cost uh, that 
it costs us to manufacture is really no different than our competitors. Uh, getting it here, the cost of getting it here is no different. It's just that process of getting it in to the distributor and the markups that they need. So generally, uh, a distributor is going to want to make 40% margin. Um, and then they have to pass that on. And then they provide a discount. So we skip that. So your customer's uh, saving a good 30 to 40% right off the bat. And then we still provide a wholesale price at 38% off. So um, the margins are great for uh, an installer. Um, but at the same time, like what I like to also tell our installers is that keep your price points where they need to be. Um, make more money in this process if you can and use it as leverage against your competitors that you're bidding against. So don't like undercut yourself so drastically um, to where you're dropping um, your costs a lot, but keep it to a point to where you can be more profitable with our products, but still giving your, your client uh, a much better price point. Yeah. I like that. And I think it, it helps to kind of clarify your process and your fixtures. Cause I mean, I obviously know them well, cause I use them on all of my projects, but yeah. um, the price point is, is drastically different. And that's a, a good clarifier to know why, where that cost savings is coming from. Yeah. I mean, some of the things too, is people will ask like, why do we do two packs and it's the shipping process, right? So in order for me to give uh the end user and the contractor free shipping, um, we put two to a pack because of that. Um, you know, a, a Pathlight hat is the same size, so the box is going to be the same size regardless. It, I might as well just add another Pathlight hat and another stem because the box is going to be the same size. So that's how we're able to keep our costs down too versus buying individual. Um, so that sometimes can be a hangup, but at the same time, uh, it's great for uh, the end user to have an extra one just in case, you know, things happen. Um, and the other thing, too, that we like to provide by doing this, keeping our costs down, we're also able to give a crash replacement program to the end user. So we know that people are going to hit fixtures <laughs> or kids are going to kick it with a soccer ball or, you know, I've had deer, um, you know, come through and kick the fixtures and break them. So uh, we don't want the customer to incur another cost of having to buy a fixture at full retail. So we give them a 50% discount or just give the contractor 50% discount to help mitigate that overall cost. So there's a lot of cool things that we can do that distributors can't provide or other manufacturers can't provide to that distributor. So. I didn't know you had that. That's that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I need and, to advertise that more. <laughs> yeah, I have yet to have a fixture break, so I haven't run into the need for that, but uh, it's good to know that it's there. That's great. Um, so your business has grown like wildfire over the last couple of years. Um, and so has your role in the business has changed a little bit from being kind of a bootstrap startup to, you know, you've got expansion you know, pretty far and wide now. And a lot of, a lot of people coming on board and contractors and all of that. Uh, what is your favorite part of running your business? Oh man. Um, there's so many pieces, but I would first and foremost say it's working with the professionals like 
people like you and the installers getting a lot of great feedback. It allows me to push things that I haven't really thought of before. Like, you know, um, one of our social influencers, um, that's what I really like to tie into is like a lot of Instagram stuff. So, um, one of our social influencers, he wanted a small fixture and, um, just working with him closely on trying to figure out what we need to do, uh, to help him provide his customers a need that they were asking for. So partnering with, with installers and, and designers of creating fixtures is probably my favorite part. I love it. And you've got a lot of really, uh, really interesting and unique fixtures, um, the one that you showed me in your, in your office uh, a couple minutes ago, the, the double saber is one oh, that yeah. I think is really cool. Yeah. Like I was so excited when I got that one. It's I've used it a couple times now and I just, it's really exciting. It's, I don't know of any other fixture, um, any other manufacturer that has something similar. Um, so it's really, it's very unique and very fun. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I never really thought that I would move into more like niche style fixtures, um, but again, even like that fixture, the guy wanted uh, to put an up-down light on a fence post. And most up-down lights that we are accustomed to getting are very large. And it really puts it out of scale, I think. Um, yeah. So when coming up with that, uh, I wanted to have something, something that was inconspicuous and small, but also very versatile. And uh, so, again, working with social influencers um, and giving them things to give me feedback on what I could do to make things better is how that that fixture came to. Yeah, I love it. Um, speaking of new fixtures, do you have anything that you're working on that you're really excited about? Anything new coming up? Yeah. So um, one thing we, we've always had beaster lighting, right? And um, one of the things I got the most feedback on was cutting the beaster lights to a certain length because 48 feet is what we typically were selling them in. And so that could be a bit of a nuisance when trying to span it out, um, as well as connecting it into the low voltage line. Uh, so we... Um, are using our proprietary connectors that we use for um, our in-ground lights, and we've incorporated them into our beaster lights. So we'll be selling those in 12-foot increments, uh, and we'll have direct connectors to easily tie into the low-voltage side of the system, um, but you can also expand on it as well. So depending on the length of run that you need, you can buy it based off of the length that you need versus wasting some of it or trying to uh, splice other links together uh, and then you can spread it out a little bit more so the one thing with b-star lighting i'm a fan of it i think it's awesome it's kitschy but at the same time they're the biggest light polluters um so when we look at light pollution like bend um is very 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 strict on light pollution um, and so when you have those out there, they will overpower and, and actually light up and throw out more ambient light than the landscape lighting that is provided throughout the, you know, the garden. So I wanted it to help people place a little bit less, um, but still giving that kind of bistro light fun cafe feel. Uh, so yeah, we'll have those in 12 foot increments and then you can quickly connect them and, and go off the, the links that you might need versus just 
yeah, I got to spin out 48 feet. Yeah. I would love to see a way to have like an inline switch because I, I usually have booster lights on a separate system so that yes. they're not on all the time. They're only on when you want to actually use them. Yep. Um, but it's nice to have the booster lights as part of the landscape lighting system. But again, you don't always want them on. Totally. So we are working on some really oh. cool notes. Um they are in testing phase. So we have that Wi-Fi system that we use, that we partner through Tuya. And Tuya makes uh, cloud-based um, switches, which is IFTTT for smart home capabilities and whatnot. So unlike where FX, where you have an IP address that you have to uh, uh, program for each mm -hmm. fixture, we would have basically nodes out in the field that would communicate to our system um, but will also allow for switching for bistro lights. Um, and hopefully if things go right, we'll have low voltage holiday lighting for next year. Ooh. So um, instead of going out and popping uh, a lamp out of the fixture to not compete against the holiday lights, you'll be able to just say, I want that section turned off and the holiday lights turned on. Um and that way you don't have extension cords everywhere also. You know, yeah. that was one of my pet peeves of my wife loves when I put holiday lighting out. Uh, but there's extension cords everywhere. And with the snow and the freeze and the and the frost and whatnot, we get a lot of water uh, pooling up. So I always get nervous with my son's friends coming in and playing in the yard. Like, are we going to have any kind of electrical shock issues? Right. <laughs> so that, that was kind of the premise around trying to do something with low voltage holiday lighting. Um, but my most exciting piece is, um, I mean, there's other brands that have this, but uh, the flex uh, chip on board LED strip lights for like stairs and walls. Um, most of our competitors use uh, a white um, flex light, so that that's seen. Um, right. We're going to be doing ours in black, um, and it's going to be a thinner profile. Um, and then we will have the ability to uh, place them in hardscape and concrete. So like a Tron. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Tron, where you have those very linear, like yeah. digital lines going through. So um, outside of doing those little tiny core drilled fixtures and creating like a starry constellation, you'll be able to frame out your hardscape or create like cool little linear patterns. Um, and not just for making, um, you know, stairs look like they're floating or on a retaining wall. Um, we will also have profile strips so you can do uh, a custom chandelier, like a modern style chandelier. Mm. Um, or be able to mount them vertically or from up above. So That's we'll exciting. have, um, yeah, uh, we're just trying to figure out those are done. Um, so they're on their way. We should probably get those here in uh, January, February, depending on uh, the shipping. Um, but uh, we we're going to include all the profile strips in the hanger. So if someone was to do a chandelier, mount them on the wall they would have everything um that price point would bring the fixtures to about 109 dollars at retail price for 12 feet and uh, you'll be able to cut them in you know little uh one inch um increments so you can really kind of 
uh, space it out to the need of the wall or whatever you're trying to use them at. And then you'll get all the fittings. So you don't have to go back to the distributor like, hey, I need this, I need that, or trying to guess. You'll just have everything in one package in 12-foot increment strips. But right. uh, the prof the profiles are uh, come in three-foot strips, and that's what we're not sure if we want to incorporate that with the package or just reduce the cost and let the, the uh, designer or installer kind of pick what they want to do with the profile strips. That's really exciting. I actually, a couple of years ago, had a request for a Tron themed garden and it's not constructed yet because they're doing a, <laughs> a home remodel that they're still stuck in permitting. Um, oh, but it was crazy. one of those things like trying to figure out um, lighting to incorporate in the walls and a lot of um, laser cut steel panels and that incorporated in it. Um, so once that gets up and going, we'll It'll probably be, those light fixtures will probably be out and easily available by then. I'll have to look back into it because that would be yeah. perfect. Yeah, for sure. And that, you know, a lot of stuff that's going on in the UK is what really kind of inspires me. Like they're, they always like to push that modern envelope and same with Canada. Yeah. The, the Canadian guys are just crazy on what they do. I mean, those, those fixtures sound really exciting. We already talked about the, the double saber. Um, the other one that I really like that I've been using more and more is the, the, uh, covert mini dwell ones. I yes. really, really like those. Cause they're just tiny. They're easy. Um, even, you know, I've had a, a couple projects now where lighting unfortunately got cut and then we were able to come in later and install those fixtures. And they're so easy that, especially with the connections that you have that, it, it's not a big deal to install those fixtures later. Um, even yeah. like stairs for a deck and that, as long as we've got access to the back, it was really easy to do. So that's been yeah. nice. Yeah, those are awesome. I, I have some new versions. I, we haven't put them out on the site yet. We just got them in. Um, so I make even a smaller micro version and then I made a larger halo version. So you can have different sizes incorporated into the design. So you, you know, kind of gives you different scale and feel um, as you're walking through. So I'll, I'll be posting those on the site here soon. Okay. I'll look out for those. Those That's exciting. I can't yeah. imagine that being smaller, but that's. Oh yeah. They're like the size of my pinky. <laughs> oh my gosh. That'll be fun. I think that yeah. could be really cool to incorporate. Yeah. With working with designers and a, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are designers. I think most are. Um, do you have any tips or tricks or just kind of rules of thumb that you would say designers should use when working on their lighting layouts? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what you guys do these days as far as like, you know, getting the uh, vertical um, like, property lines. I don't know if you guys use Google or what you guys do, but typically what I like to do is I focused on, I like to think of a picture frame. All right. So uh, a, a picture that you're looking at is always going to have a center focal piece, and then you'll have a frame around it. Right. And your frame is your property line. Right. So I like to start with the property line first, and then I like to focus in on what are the focal points, whether that is a specimen tree, a yard art, um, a water feature, or, you know, a home. You know, a, a lot of times I feel like in the Pacific Northwest, it's not always tied to the, the architecture of the home, but, um, you know, back east where you have a colonial style home, that will be more of a focal, 
a focal point. So I like to focus in on that uh, first and then the perimeter of the property. Once you have all your focal points defined, then I like to fill in what I call a transitional flow. So get your trees, get your focal points, but you want to have balance. You don't want to just have a ton of uplighting and uh, a ton of focal points all over. You want to bring your eyes back down to other textures and or um, materials that you have out there. Uh, but I also like to tie into like what we do with inside our home. Like we have to think about now that outdoor living is like more of a um, of a thing. It's not just landscaping and, um, you know, just lighting. It's like an experience of what you experience inside your home going out. So I like to have flow through as you're walking through, but also getting those focal points of that, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I do a lot of obviously uplighting of trees and, and focal elements. Um, but a lot of the lighting that the way I explain it to my clients is it's wayfinding. It's making sure that, you know, each set of stairs, like stone steps down yeah. to your patio have a light on them so that when you're out by the fire pit late at night, you can easily get back into the house without tripping or falling or anything like right, that. Right. And then um, your uh, Cora wall light, I use a lot in wall caps around like seat walls, around fire pits and things like that. Cause it's nice. Cause it just illuminates the ground plane without um, shining up in your face yeah. at all. So you still have that nice dark kind of cozy around the fire pit area, but you can still walk around easily without um, being able to needing to have a flashlight or anything. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, you know, where areas where you don't have path lights, this is like my thing that I, I like, I guess my signature to stuff. Um, I will find that wash lights and smaller um, diameter path lights don't get used as often. And so, you know, at my home, I have a very linear kind of, um, you know, a design. And so with that, I use a very modern style path light but I also mix in a standard really small diameter path light in the landscape beds that are not even nowhere near any kind of path so when I'm highlighting a tree and I have a distance of maybe 20 feet in between those trees there's also cool texture of like grasses and rocks and um, other shrubs that I will nestle these smaller fixtures into and depending on the rocks or whatever, um, the, the the shrubs, I might incorporate wash lights in between, keeping the light down low. So I'm looking up something high and then my eye comes back down low before I'm going back high again. And, and it's just not around the path lights. It's that, that flow through with those micro uh, size path lights. I try to nestle them into things too, so you don't really see them during the day. So uh, if someone was to come through my property, they'll see the modern path lights very well, but they won't see the, the, the wash lights and or the smaller diameter path lights nestled into things. More inconspicuous. And then it, it sounds like yeah. more of a designing, almost like you would a planting plan where you've got a lot of balance yeah. and making sure that, you know, even just color distribution and uh, seasonal distribution as well. Um, yes. All gets incorporated throughout instead of just spots here and there. Yeah, I think you just said it best. I mean, that's what I've learned through the landscape side of things is like trying to balance everything out um, is what actually brought it into play is like no one really did that. So 
um, I use my my history of landscaping to kind of tie that in. Yeah. Nice. Well, you probably you've probably been doing this longer than you were a landscaper now at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I started that was with, ages ago. Yeah. I, I mean, my dad, uh, my grandfather started a landscaping company and then my dad, and then I just kind of grew up working in it. But my dad is really the person I owe this all to. He started with, you know, installing nightscaping lights. And I always thought that was fun. So that was the one thing I incorporated to, but yeah, I mean, since I've left that installing side of the world, I'm, and I think I'm pushing on um, a little over 25 years now of just really focusing on lighting. So, well, you're good at it and I love your fixtures. So it works, it works well. Thank you. So we talked about some kind of rules of thumb and, and things to keep in mind. Do you find that there's maybe mistakes isn't the right word, but things that you see, whether installers or designers doing that, you're like, oh, you should do that. You could do this so much better. Yeah. You know, probably the number one thing I will always um, go back to is contractors need to make the investment of having the tools of the trade. It's not so much the light placement that they're doing wrong. It's the under the ground stuff just not following uh, certain specifications to keep, you know, the voltages uh, correct. Um, especially with these little micro lights, they're very, very fickle. So you have a smaller range to play with. And if you don't really plan things out through wire size and having the proper tools, then we're gonna have some sort of issue come up. And so my number one thing that I, I, my failure rates are very low. I have less than 1% failure rate, but the most calls we get that come through are voltage related issues. And I will always ask, do you have your voltmeter? And they never do. <laughs> so, um, you know, I would say make the investment. It's like you can get a voltmeter for 30, 40 bucks and it's going to solve a lot of the problems. But uh, that's probably the one biggest thing we see biggest issues come through as uh, not really designing issues. Um, we do get a lot of calls about how to use our micro fixtures. And what I tell people is like, be as creative as your mind can take you. you know, like these things, um, I've seen people do really amazing stuff that I didn't even think that they would use these things for. Like I now have. Um, Instead of just using them in a ground or a wall, people are placing them in pergolas uh, from up above, from you know, using using them as like a can light in a way. Um, so, I mean, be as creative as you want with the fixtures, and and like I can try to uh, help incorporate photos to help with that design process. But uh, those are probably the two biggest things we get calls on. Yeah. I used um, those lights in a, a really long arbor. I think I sent you pictures of that project in Grand yeah. Falls um, and it worked really well. And it's nice because we we didn't install the arbor. Um, it was done by the, the home builder. And so we came in after the fact and wanted to add some lighting into it. And it was a really nice, easy way to incorporate some lighting along this really long, narrow um kind of a, a walkway space between their garage and their main home and without having a ton of fixtures uh, yeah. that were big and bulky. It was just nice and very simple and clean. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Exactly. And and those things are so easy to to install and put in and you know, and if there is something that goes wrong with them, they're easy to service and and repair. Yeah, for sure. So for those uh designers that have clients looking for higher tech capabilities, what kind of options do you provide for that? So we do have Wi-Fi capability. Um, one of the things that, and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong because you're you're a designer and you heard these, but uh, most cases, I feel like homeowners just want the fixtures to come on and come off. They love the idea of like crazy tech, but when it comes down to all the programming and understanding how to use it, then it gets really frustrating. So we try to keep it very simple. Um, and with that being in mind, like having simple on off switching. So our tech, what we do is our Wi-Fi modules tie into a local weather station. And you might not always have a local weather station that is super close to your home, but that could be a school, that could be a municipality building, whatever. Uh, so our timers tie into a weather station as the seasons adjust or the weather changes, your lighting's going to adjust to that. So let's say in Seattle, where obviously the sky can be very gray, but it will say, I'm just going to make this up that it's dark at five. Well, maybe because it's um, got overcast outside, it might be darker at 445. So the system's going to auto adjust to that. And it will know that, hey, it is got, we do have overcast outside. So we're going to turn the lights on a bit early. And then the days where it is sunny and clear, it will auto adjust back to the normal um, dust settings. Um, so it's very easy as far as on off astronomical style timing, but it really is based off the weather station. Um, and then the other nice feature about that uh, module is, let's say, we do have the lights go off at 11 and someone is entertaining and they want to be able to entertain outside a little bit longer. They can just use their phone or yell at Alexa um, to turn the lights back on or off, or they can just set, you know, a, a countdown timer. Like, Hey, I only want my friends here for maybe another hour and then everyone needs to kind of go. So uh, you have those abilities. That app that we use will be able to tie into the nodes and modules I was talking about with the holiday lighting. Um, we do have smart lighting. I don't promote it on the site because just like our competitors, uh, it is very in, um, involving as far as time. Every lamp needs to be programmed, needs to be addressed and grouped. Um, so I can do that. But now we're kind of back in that realm of being very expensive. So I don't really promote it all that often, but we have those capabilities. And I found the same thing that you already mentioned, that most clients like the idea of being able to have a ton of control and a ton of options to change and, and modify things. But when it comes down to it, they'd, they'd rather just not have to think about it, not have another app, not have, you know, yeah. all all the things. So it, it's kind of nice to keep things simple, but it's nice to be able to give people at least that option, Yeah, um, which is nice. Um, yeah. And, and I, I love the idea of color. Um, and we've had color, we, we have color lamps and we had color fixtures. 
we don't get very many calls on it. That's what's funny. Even though we don't really advertise it, even the people that do buy our stuff, they know we have those options, um, but we don't really get those requests. And then the other side of it is that the fixture, the, the LED itself, we have to now incorporate more LEDs to be able to blend those colors. And I can't just offer something at like what was four watts. Now they have to be 12 watts because we have to incorporate more of those LEDs to get that same output. So I don't know, for me, I feel like when we do holiday lighting, it's just that that warm, fuzzy feeling inside of seeing twinkle lights or uh, maybe permanent holiday lighting on, you know, soffits and gutters is maybe a, a great idea. But having that feel of what we grew up with, with, you know, mom and dad going out and putting the holiday lights up is better as far as color goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And not all plant materials kind of blend in with that. So, uh, you know, one avenue we will work with that we are moving towards is um, um, correlated color temperature adjust. So not all plant materials are warm. Sometimes we have an Atlas Cedar or, you know, a blue spruce. Using a 2700K lamp on those is going to make that plant look muted. So having the ability to give you guys as designers a lamp that can adjust the the tones of the plants um, would be really neat too. So you'll have those options and, the, and those will be controlled the same way as the Wi-Fi Bluetooth um, uh, controlled color temperature fixtures. It's just uh, you have warm to cool settings. Right. Nice. I yeah. think that would be great. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the next big trend. Um, and, and a lot of our competitors are already kind of in getting involved with that. Um, but keeping the uh, wattage consumption down too is is key. So that way we're not having multiple diodes in there and having all this adjustment. It's really keeping the diodes to the same so we can keep the 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 um, the wattage the same um, and the and the maximum amount of lines that you have out there with the voltage kind of going out there. Once you part more diodes, now we have more voltage issues that you have to plan for. Right. Especially with larger properties. Um, yes. it, it can get to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I try, you know, like, that's the other part of this, like kind of reeling back to what you asked in the early portion of, you know, why do we offer stuff at such a great value you know, I also try to educate people with wire size because a lot of people still use the same 12 gauge cable, which is completely overkill. You, know, you can use 14 and 16 gauge and that will keep the cost down as well. So yeah, it kind of goes in, into play of, of uh, what we were just talking about with, you know, larger diodes and, and more diodes and more wattage consumption, et cetera. So a lot more to it. I think a, a lot of installers kind of get away with a lot now that LEDs are the industry standard. They don't have to yeah. be as educated as they did with old lighting systems that you know you really had to be you know much more careful with voltage drop and all of that. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people kind of have a, a little bit of a safety net, but larger properties with a ton of fixtures that you don't have uh, the same grace. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, I will put a, a link to your website and to your Instagram page in the, the show notes. But just so that everyone knows and can remember, um, what are the best places to find you at? Definitely Instagram. So Structure and Tree on Instagram and then our website. Those are the two best avenues. Uh, and then if you are in the Northwest and you're part of, you know, Olka or APLD or WALP, we, we try to get really heavily involved in those um, associations too. So Wonderful. Well, thank you yeah. so much. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. To wrap up, I want to thank you for your time. I hope the ideas discussed today have left you feeling excited and energized. As I build both my business and my life, I value the support and feedback you provide. I would love for you to reach out to me to let me know what you think, give me ideas, or just to connect. Please don't forget to subscribe and also share with a friend. Until next time, go create something wonderful.